0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of our podcast. This is Matt, and I am joined by Noah.
1: Hello, how are you doing?
0: And for this first episode, we are going to do a discussion um, on our project, Our Extinction. Um, I served as the writer, and Noah was the artist. Um, So the hope here is to explain uh, the point of view from the writer And then the thoughts of the artist as he turns the script into images Um, so I will begin with a uh, couple of panel descriptions from the first page of this project Um, so I have page one 1.1 Steve Becks and then in parens the protagonist pushing a coffin that is on wheels in a warehouse Uh, the next panel Steve places the coffin in the back of the truck and there are many coffins in the back of the truck. So those were the first two panels that uh, Noah got and I'm going to let him talk a little bit about those and then we'll continue with some more panels.
1: Uh, Yeah, so this was our first project that we worked on together. And, um, I didn't know how much freedom I could take with the script. So I cleared everything with Matt. At least I remember clearing everything with you first before I did anything. Yes, that's true. And, uh, so I did like, I did thumbnails first and, um, uh, just to show him what, what, what I would be, what I was planning, what I saw with the script when I was going, but I also wanted to consider the page as a whole. So this page we're introducing Bex as the, you know, the protagonist and stuff like that. Um, but also we're sort of uh, we're sort of giving the sense of dread, you know, I don't, this, the story isn't a happy story. Um, and, uh, so I wanted to, um, not remove Bex from the dread, but sort of set up this world as sort of like a really dark and uh messed up place. So I, I switched the script. It doesn't, it, it could be Bex pushing, uh, and the first panel is a, is a, a vertical panel on the left-hand side of a, uh, from an above sort of like God's eye view shot of, uh, of a guy pushing a coffin on like a, uh, uh, what's, what's it called on like a dolly, um, or something like that. And you see it, it's like a typical wood coffin with a, with a special cross on it that we, uh, created for this sort of shared universe in this anthology that we're doing. And, uh, Um, it's, it's not really specified if it's Bex pushing it or not, because then in the second panel, uh, where it describes Bex pushing the coffin onto the, the truck, um, full of coffins, um, it's not, it's not Bex who's pushing it on, it's someone else. And you see Bex and, uh, another character named McLean, and, uh, they're in the foreground while the, uh, the guy pushing the coffin onto the truck is in the background and they're surrounded by, uh like a stone wall like they're in a prison with barbed wire at the top and a a guard tower Uh, so again trying to set up the protagonists you know I mean there's no easier way of setting up the protagonists than having their names on the back of their shirts like I have it too so I you know I wanted that to sort of be uh, reminiscent of something sort of like a military operation Um, so each of their uniforms they're not like military uniforms but they're more like modified hazmat suits but they have like a army monogrammed, uh, last names on the back of their uniforms, like jerseys or something like that. Uh, so yeah, and it's, um, McLean is checking something off on a, on a, on a clipboard while Bex watches the guy, um, move the coffin onto the truck. So, uh, I really sort of, I didn't like, you know, I wasn't anything like I went off script without like Matt's sort of approval um, because it wasn't Bex pushing the truck on, but I sort of wanted it to be show that he had some kind of place in sort of what's going on in this world, um, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, um, and I think the uh, I think the fact that uh, we haven't pointed out or been overly um, explicit that there's an outbreak, um, you gather that by the fact that there. They're covered up, and um the fact that they're uh, they're covered up uh it's a good way to to introduce the the characters with the uh the name plates on their on their backs,
1: yeah, so it's sort of like it's like a modern basically this sort of idea of an apocalypse is like a modern day plague, basically, yeah. so like everybody's covered up, and uh these guys are kind of like the plague doctors of sorts,
0: yeah, so the third panel is the um the truck pulling away um, and we have uh, McLean, who is Steve's supervisor, uh, coming over to uh, Bex to tell him that he needs him to, to fill in for the uh, uh, medical examiner um, because the med- medical examiner passed away uh, in the morning. Uh, my hope with that was to um, without... Uh, having to say it in so many words, just point out that uh, it's a very uh, volatile world, um, and people could uh, pass away at any 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 moment from from disease. Uh, so the fact that uh, uh, they've had a casualty on the staff, I was hoping, um, hoping showed that. Um, so th- that was just a little bit more world building, um, and uh, so that takes Steve to the next part of his uh, journey where he is doing the medical examination and uh, we're able to give more details um, with that with Steve um, doing a uh, summary uh, like in an audio recording in the next uh, panel Um, and that description is a way of us um, filling in the reader um, with, uh, with some of the narration there um and so uh noah did a really uh good job of breaking that into the various uh the various panels and uh here we get uh in the sixth panel uh we have the discovery of a tube inside the body um and uh steve is uh investigating further um and he uh takes the top off of the tube in the seventh panel and discovers that he has a map in the eighth panel. And I I felt like that was a good place to uh, end the first page on the discovery and mystery of uh, why this person might have a a map in their body. So um, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Noah for a little bit of description on his art choices there.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a it's a clever, uh, narration tool, the, the voiceover, um, because you deliver a lot of exposition in this page. And since this comic is only like six pages long, you have to, you, you, that's the sort of the risk you have to take is where you have to pile in as much exposition as possible, not only through the images, but also through the dialogue and like having a voiceover, like, you know, a doctor's notes uh, it really helps sort of give some, maybe makes the, like the story delivery a little more natural, uh, because, you know, um, you know, we have to, yeah, you have to let the reader in on what's going on. And this is sort of a, a complicated world, uh, to just sort of, uh, expose to someone over six pages. Um, we had one, the one review we've got of it is the guy, he said that one of his big complaints with it is that he wishes it was longer because it's a, it's a complicated world. Um, man, I think the, I think again, the doctors, the, the idea that that sort of narrative device of there being like, a uh, you know, him making a, an audio recording, just sort of um, documenting his findings is a, it's a good way to fill in the reader on what's going on. And, um, so as far as my art process goes, um, you know, I wanted to sort of take a, take some notes from cinema, you know, so you have a lot of wide shots, uh, sort of revealing things. So you have a wide shot of the body that um, Bex is examining. Um well I guess before that you have a a, a, a shoulders up conversation between McLean and Steve and Steve Bex. And McLean asking Steve to uh you know to to fill in for the, the the examiner um that has passed away. And you know I tried to make McLean look you know I try to give McLean this posture. You know, he's kind of uh, one of the more, uh, you know, guys who's just sort of used to um, what's going on, and he doesn't seem to have that much of a problem with it. And I was trying to get that through his posture, so he sort of has these casual, uh, has these casual um, sort of gestures with his hands, like he, you know, he's asking, like, just he's just used to this by now, you know, so it's just, it's not a big deal for McLean to be like, oh yeah, medical examiner died, that kind of thing you want to fill in for him, you know, just like you would at, uh, at like, you know, if you're working and someone was like, oh, someone couldn't make it to their shift today, could you fill in? So McLean is sort of conditioned uh, for this sort of death that's around, but like McLean is pretty stoic, not McLean, um, Bex is pretty stoic at this response, and you know, they're both wearing masks, so you can't get too much with their face, so you have to I I took it upon myself to sort of communicate through their posture uh, what was going on. So uh, Bex is pretty stoic, he's the one who's like, uh, he's the one who's like non-compromising and all this and he's sort of our hero so he's the one who sort of stands up straight and um, I made his glasses a little more round to sort of make his eyes wide so he's not fully conditioned to the death um, that's, that's all around him, he sort of is looking on for something better hopefully. Um, which leads into sort of this, this next examination. So there's a wide shot of the body. Uh, you see that there's something wrong with it because the, the hair I was trying to get across that it's sort of youthful. Um, so this was a healthy person at some point, but it just seems like the body has been drained of blood and, uh, you know, of life altogether. And, um, then, you know, then it cuts to uh, a panel in the center of the page and uh, the, that panel is just all the the first um, block of um, exposition that um, Bex is giving while he's examining the body. And then it cuts to a wide of the uh, inside the morgue. And um, so in the foreground, it's a wide shot, and you see Bex, and he's in white, and then in front of him is the table, and it's silhouetted with the body on it. And then in the background is like this, uh, this wall that you would see in almost like a... Uh, in a morgue, you know, where it's, like, all the panels against the wall where bodies can be stored. And, um, again, I was trying to get a little Frank Miller there, where, uh, you know, in the shadows, sort of the, the white lines are highlighted, and then when it's in the light, the lines are black. Um, I love Frank Miller. Um, you know, I think, I think it's sort of, I think it's kind of, uh, redundant to say that if you're a comic artist, you're not a fan of Frank Miller. Um, then the page where he pulls the tube out of the body is sort of the big discovery moment. So the his, his hand is sort of covered in a bunch of gunk and uh, trying not to be too graphic, I guess, with this since it's in black and white. But it's, it's covered in gunk and his hands, his gloved hands are covered in gunk as he's sort of looking at it. And it's the first time that you see uh, people's eyes uh, through anything and that's through um, Beck's goggles. So his eyes are wide enough that the goggles can show through. Um, like any artist, I struggle with drawing hands, so on this comic, more than anything, I strove to take pictures of my hands for a lot of these references. Uh, both these two bottom panels, um, on the left, where Matt, where, where, not Matt, <laughs> I would about to say where Matt, but where, where Bex is holding the tube, I took a lot of reference photos of my own hands holding just whatever I could find, I think I used like a, an air freshener or something like that, just held it up and took a selfie. And, uh, then there's a picture from, from Beck's point of view and he's opening up the tube to find the map, um, to find the map. And, uh, um, I had to, that was tough because I had to hold the phone, had to balance the phone that I was taking the picture with in between my chin and my chest and take a picture of my hands at the same time. So that was fun. And then of course, uh, the reveal, like the big sort of, uh, you know, the, the stinger for the page where, uh. Mac is sort of um, at least from knees to his head he's shown holding the map and there's this like heavenly light shining down on it to sort of give this uh sense of hope that Matt that uh not Matt I keep saying Matt (laughs) that Bex is getting uh that Bex has that there might be an answer or some kind of cure to this death that's all around him and uh I, I like to overdo things with shadows and light and um I think that comes across on this page
0: yeah i think uh i think one of the cool parts about that last panel is the uh the way the light comes down and it leads you to the bottom right of the corner and, and and helps the uh helps the page turn there it's 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 a pretty good design element um to to lead the eye there um so that is the uh The end of our first page um, and uh, we we move into the to the second page where we get a little bit more background into the into the into the uh, sort of hurdles uh, Steve is going to have with with this map. Um, So uh, he's walking in the first panel of page two he's walking out of the M the, the medical examiner's workstation with the map in his hands and uh he's uh he's confronted by by Terry again um they they make some uh they make some small talk and Steve shows him the the map that he found um and Terry is at some point in the at at actually early on in this conversation he's a bit uh he's a bit inquisitive uh you know he he asks him what he has Steve explains that he has a map in the third panel. Um and then we have Terry uh asking if if he uh if he should uh take a look at it. Um and uh Steve informs him that uh, he's going to continue his investigation into the map. Um so Steve is uh, or Steve is they're both at the cars at the end of the day um, and we, we we had the cars shown as armored vehicles just another sort of insight into the uh, the world that they're in that uh, driving home and forth to work you uh, you need to do it in an armored vehicle um, so uh, Steve is uh, in his car in the fifth panel and um, and here again, I I use the radio um, that he's listening to, to to do a little bit of uh, storytelling. So it was more of the uh, more of a, a way to get story in with uh, with uh, a device, um, and this, this device being the radio. So the radio um, is uh, it just gives a report that the uh, the sickness continues to spread. Uh, experts predict that the world's population will tip into more infected versus infected in six to eight months uh, so that way um, just another glimpse into the the time frames they might be dealing with and uh just uh the state of the world overall um, the sixth panel we have uh Steve getting to his home um, again we uh, do a, a bit of uh World building and, and showing again. Steve basically lives in a uh, barricaded, fenced home. Um, and uh, here we are in the last couple of panels of the page two. And Steve is taking the investigation to himself. Um, he's, uh, he's sat down to, to eat some dinner. Um, and he's uh, he's at a st- table he's got a laptop and he's got books he's uh he's going about looking into some stuff um and he's uh in the last panel um he uh he makes uh he makes a decision that uh he 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 has a little bit more information as to what the map might lead to and uh it looks like at the end of this page he is he's going to take matters into his own hands and do some investigation So that is the end of page two. And again, I'll turn it over to Noah for some uh, artist thoughts on uh, the the page choices for design and art.
1: Yeah, so um, first two panels, you know, I decided to do in one wide shot. Again, if you can't tell by now, I love wide, I love wide shots so much. Uh, And uh, it's just, you know, again, just I, I basically adapted straight from the script. So, you know, uh, bex is walking out of the out of the uh medical examiner room and you can see uh so he's on he's on the right side of the panel in the middle is the door and then to the left is a uh is the cross that you saw on the coffin um from the first page and you also saw on the back of the map um and it's it's on it's clearly just sort of uh something that was sort of um, uh put on the window um for the medical examiner just to sort of you know give you a sense of where this is but also in the background you can see the body still in silhouette so um then you know second panel is uh terry mclean who's uh running up to bex you know just sort of again um the dialogue is very uh the dialogue is very um uh is very casual but i kind of wanted to add a sense of urgency to um what mclean's doing and uh he uh And he, and he was, um, yeah, sort of like, he's sort of trying to act casual, but there's an urgency to it, and sort of, he's sort of wanting to get this map. And I think this next panel is, uh, is maybe why I keep calling Bex Matt, um, is because, I don't know if you, if you've read the comic, you may not be able to see it, but, uh, Bex has put the map inside of a, of a plastic bag and um so i think that maybe that was something subconscious that i knew matt was big into you know putting his comics into bags and stuff like that so maybe i was basing this sort of off of matt and beck's sort of off of matt because uh he's so he's so clean with everything that he puts the map inside of a plastic bag as soon as he gets it out of the tube um much like matt does with his comics and um again a lot of frank miller nods i'm noticing now so uh on the panel after Terry, uh, after Beck shows Terry the map for the first time, um, you see Terry from the front, um, Terry McLean, and um, I do this throughout the comic for his character. Um, his glasses that he wears are always in white, which I think is supposed to, uh, which again was a a, a reference to um, Kevin from Sin City, which is my favorite Sin City story. Is the first you know the hard that's the, that's the. Big fat kill or that's a hard goodbye. I can't remember which one that is. With with Marv, it's the first one.
0: I wouldn't be able to, to keep that straight myself. Yeah,
1: so it's my favorite one. I should know the name of it. Um so that that's a that's a very that's not a very subtle nod. That's a very clear nod to Sin City. Um then their armored cars is fun because I I'm not good at drawing cars. And it's interesting, this past year I've been getting compliments from people saying, wow, you can draw cars really well. And I was like, great, don't make me draw them. And uh, I I can't, I I have have a really hard time drawing cars. I've never liked drawing them. But um, with these, they were fun to do. But I always say that, and I I don't think it's because I am I'm, I'm bad at it or I don't like to it's just sort of like jumping off of the diving like the high dive it's just sort of like I like I dread going up to it then when I start drawing it I'm like oh okay I kind of like drawing cars uh yeah so I had fun drawing the armored cars um but I have I have more fun with these sort of character shots like the one that uh Matt was describing with the radio on um you know Matt's just yeah not I keep saying Matt Bex is just driving along with the radio playing again not to Matt's uh, skill at delivering some exposition through a, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's like a, a third-party narrator inside the story, I guess, or just someone in the background delivering some exposition. Um, then the panel afterwards is uh, is uh, Beck's House, and actually Beck's House, I took it straight from, I don't know why I thought of it immediately, but I guess I thought of uh, this movie called The Accountant, which came out a couple of years ago with Ben Affleck. And in that movie he has like a fence all around his, his house and that's just because he's sort of a paranoid military guy.
0: Yeah, and he like yeah. pulls in and as soon as he, he's 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 so like uh regimented that he hits yeah. the garage door opener just in time to clear the back of his of his truck. That would be something that, that Bex would do as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, was, there's there's a nod to that house and also, you know, it's got the fence out front. Um The next panel is probably my favorite panel in the page, Um, is with uh, Bex sitting in the dark, and it's all, everything's black around him except for the table is, you know, is is slowly fading into black and so are the books on top, which in this scan it's kind of hard to make out the books, but you can see the light coming from the computer screen that he's on, and he probably scanned the map in, and I hope the audience sort of assumes that. And it's just the the only light sort of illuminating anything is the light coming from the computer and it's sort of illuminating Bex. So again, not so subtle, like sort of like light illuminating the truth, that kind of stuff. And then again, this is six pages, so I guess I have to be over the top with delivery. Um, the stinger for this page is very similar to the stinger to the first page. You know, it's just a straight on shot of Bex, again uh, this sort of halo of light surrounding him. Again, this is just sort of a realization creating a very cheap, but I, I hope it'd be effective visual like language that, you know, Oh, he's just came to a realization and, um, you know, the dialogue there. Um, I would like to go back, I guess, to the radio panel and, you know, I, I've always wanted to do the radio, uh, um bubble with like the jagged edges so i was very excited to do that i had a lot of i was just like oh finally now I'm, now i know i'm a real comic book artist if i'm lettering and i get to do the jagged radio edges and stuff like that so that's page two uh i had a lot of fun with that page uh, like i've had with all these pages
0: yeah so, so one thing i just noticed looking at it is and i i've never uh paid attention or or, or seen it before but uh the the lights in the last panel of page one and his elbows in the last panel of page two sort of give you that same same shape of like uh a narrow you know we have light yeah and then we go wider and then you know with his elbows being spread it's almost uh almost the same shot without being the same shot so i think that's that's pretty cool
1: yeah and um yeah, you could either see that as lazy art or brilliant art. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll lean towards brilliant. Oh, thanks. So. Yeah, so it's um, that was another photo, that last panel of page two. That was another, that was uh, a, um, I took a picture of myself and that was easier to take it and then, you know, uh, to draw that instead of having to make a really crappy looking, uh, you know, imaginative posture or anything like that. Okay. But, yeah. I
0: think that that's a pretty good uh uh summary of the first two pages and we didn't want to go too too far um to to give anything away. Um but I thought maybe we could take a couple minutes to talk about the uh the cover design. Oh, yeah. Um I you had asked me what I wanted for the cover and uh I said uh maybe like uh the the protagonist uh on a cliff with with people uh the I think we we turned them the the infected uh we did they're not necessarily zombies per se but they're 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 infected um and that's when Noah suggested a sort of uh esque uh uh theme where there's always you know somebody on a cliff uh you know either pulling away or fighting off people from below trying to, to come at them. So uh, I'll give Noah a few moments to talk about uh, his decisions there, but that was the sort of thinking there was uh, uh, a man um, on his own on a cliff with with, uh, with things coming at him, so um, very Frazetta-esque.
1: Yeah, the composition's very Frazetta-esque, and I, I tried with the, the shading to sort of have it fade, into the the background not in the background but like there's sort of in a lot of Frazetta paintings the the colors and the shading sort of fades to the bottom of the page and I was trying to get that feel so that like things became more crisp as the page went up and um, so like Bex is the is the main guy and he's in his uh, uniform that comes actually on the next page that we'll talk about on page three and um, he still has his monogram on the back of his uh this like kevlar vest and he's looking at the map and the it's like it's the back of the map technically because it has the cross symbol on it and uh he has that in one hand and he has a uh nightstick in another and um he's wearing like uh he's wearing gloves and uh wearing sort of like uh sort of like active wear dockers i guess and um he's got his back face to the, uh, viewer and then below him are a bunch of, uh, look like melting people basically, or what the infected look like. At least that's what I sort of conceived them as when I was reading the script is they're just sort of melting away, but reaching for him. So they could either be like, again, I wanted it to take it two ways. It's sort of horrifying. Um, like they're coming after him, but it also could be seen also like he's their savior and he's reached, they're reaching up for him to save him, which again is sort of one of the things We'd play with, again, the title is Our Extinction. So you have to think with, like, Extinction, Salvation, that kind of stuff, within that sort of the themes in this six pages. Again, I think they're pretty heavy stuff to <laughs> to tackle in six pages, but hopefully Matt's not too mad at me for putting things like that in there. No, and yeah? I was... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, then, besides just Frazetta in general, you sent me a Frazetta painting to look at. and I can't remember which one it is, but... um, it's not a Frazetta painting that inspired the the actual picture, but there was a, there was like, you know, there were a bunch of artists around Frazetta's times that were just trying to imitate him. And there was a Lloyd Alexander cover that I really loved, um, from even when I was a kid, that was clearly a Frazetta knockoff, um, that I was using as a background. And, uh, if you're a huge Lloyd Alexander fan, you'll know which one I'm talking about if you see the picture, but, uh, I'm not a Lloyd Alexander fan but I still love that cover and it has inspired me throughout my art my art career. Yeah. So so one thing I was I I was noticing is
0: uh he's obviously aware that these infected are around him and uh they're they're coming for him um but they're it's almost sort of like uh they're they're a nuisance but they're they're not uh they're not that uh they're not that, um, much of a, of a threat that he can't, uh, just sort of pay them half attention. I mean, as a group, if they were able to sneak up on him, he would have a problem, but right now he's, he knows they're there and there's certainly a, some element of danger, but it would require him to be like, uh, totally blindsided to, to be caught. I mean, it's, uh, I think that also plays to the, to the world where like, uh, it's almost sort of that, uh, heard in walking dead like yeah. uh they're they are a problem but they're not uh totally unable to be to be dealt with uh so i think the fact that he's he's like uh he's still reviewing the map even though they're close i think that that uh that's a pretty cool aspect to it so well
1: and that, that also goes with the point of the story is is that again like walking dead it's not so much about the zombies coming to kill them as it is about like whatever the the collapse of society at the end of the world. And this this book isn't about uh a sheriff that wakes up from a coma and goes looks looking for his wife or anything like that. This is a different side. But it's very similar to Walking Dead in the sense that this story is more about um is more about uh the collapse of society versus like rather than um like something like Dawn of the Dead, which is just about surviving uh like an onslaught of demons.
0: No, I feel like in this world you can, you can, you can survive with a certain amount of preparation and attention, but it's not that, uh, it's not that it's, uh, totally bleak and at every moment, uh, you're, you're constantly under, under siege. As long as, as long as you're behind walls or, uh, aware of your surroundings, uh, you'll, you'll be okay. I think one of my biggest concerns in this world is, uh, would be uh how the disease is, is is spreading.
1: Yeah, so it's more a disease than it is like it, it it's like we never really specify how the disease is transmitted in the in the um in the comic because again it's six pages we just want to just stick to the themes of the story. Uh but I guess I always saw it's sort of almost being like uh like a, like an actual virus so it could be transmitted through anything, you know? So like, you know, whether it's contact with something that has had contact with someone who's infected or something like that or you know not just through being bitten or anything like that yeah yeah so, so yeah i think at this point we've 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 covered the the
0: first two pages and uh we are going to we're gonna we're gonna end it there um and uh and maybe at a later date we will come back and go into into to more pages um but that's that's it for now. Uh, we've we've covered the the cover, and the the first two pages. Um, so thank you, and uh, you'll hear more from us soon. Uh, thanks again.
1: Yeah, thank you.